Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A few nights to tell you about. Diddy Haman, Robbie Fowler and myself are going to be in Ireland in the next few months on a tour, five times tour. Wexford, 1st of October. Dublin, 2nd of October. Cork, 29th of October. Galway, 30th of October. Then we're into Derry on the 3rd of December and then down to Limerick on the 21st of January uh, and then back up to Belfast on the 22nd of January. So right over the, the Christmas and the New Year period. Um, obviously go on to the 5 uk slash island uh, on the website and that'll tell you all the details that you need to know. Jamie Carragher is in Bristol next Friday, the 14th of August. That's almost sold out, so get your tickets uh, if you haven't got them. Like I said, that's almost sold out, so you've got to be quick on that. Uh, Luis Garcia is in London on the 11th of September. If you want to go and see him there, again, on the website 5 uk for all that information. And Plus, we've got our annual golf day at Carden Park, and that's on Thursday, September the 24th. So if you've got any corporates, any teams, um, anyone from work, you want to get together and have a good day out, a lot of the lads are playing in that. I think we've got about 16 other lads signed up already who are going to come and play uh, on the golf day and obviously first come, first serve on who you would like to play in your team. We're also working on coming to as many cities across the UK as possible with as many of the legends. So if you've got any ideas of who you'd like to see um, obviously get in touch via the website drop them a line an email um, and Robin will pick it up and, and have a look um, even going back to the to the lads from the 60s who are, who are still around and, and still able to travel and stuff you know Ian Callum if you want to listen to him just drop Robin a line and, and we'll see if we can sort that out so keep an eye on it like I said 5times.co.uk uh, for all the details ok welcome back we're on the not so much the eve, but we're looking forward to the season opening at the weekend. Some big games. Everyone's been looking forward to the to the Premier League starting again. We've started the game with the Five Times podcast, um, the first one of the season of many, we hope. Uh, myself and Jan will be obviously getting together just to open it up and, and get a feel for things. Jan, have you had a good summer? Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I mean, <clears throat> I think it's always when the season comes to an end, you, you kind of need the break. And then a couple of weeks in, you, you you can't wait for the new season to start. And it's been exciting to a certain extent. Uh, I think a lot of questions you had when we finished last season, I still think they're unanswered in a way. Although we have spent a lot of money, and uh, the season, I don't know. I think I think the season could go, you know, you know either way. It could be a great success with the players that we bought, or they they, they might need a bit of time to settle in. Just before we really get into the, the the thick of it, do you do you watch everything that's going on through the summer, or do you actually have a, a real break off? Because obviously you work in the media all over the place all all year into different countries. Obviously with the Champions League and doing the league games and keeping an eye on Liverpool. Do you totally switch off, or do you or do you watch intently what's going on? No, I, I switch off, which is probably the wrong thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, because then there's a lot of catching up to do. Uh, but, but but that's what I, I do. Have to, to be fair, yeah. 
But I went, I went to the Under-21 Championship in, in, in the Czech Republic, which I really enjoyed. It was a, sort of a low-key event. Uh, and then a couple of holidays where, where I haven't picked up a paper, so, but I'm, we're back now, aren't we? Uh, so it's, 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 it's time to catch up. Right, let's get stuck into it. Obviously, you just mentioned that there's a few changes at Liverpool, and uh, you know, myself, I'm quietly excited. It was a bit of a different market to the to the one that opened up last year, where we were full of you know, expectation about players coming in because of the fantastic season that we just had, finishing second, and you know, we all expected. Although Luis Suarez was gone, and it was the big talking point last season, we were all expecting another big striker to come in. It didn't really materialise, and. The squad was sort of thickened, wasn't it, with with different players and different ages and stuff. And but this season, the market feels to have a different. Um, it feels like there's been a different approach to it. Yeah, I mean, you're almost saying that you felt that 12 months ago we bought for the sake of buying. No, I I'm saying yeah, we had a lot I un- money, didn't we? Yeah, but I understand why yeah, why I'm he bought in numbers. Yeah, but we decided when we had 16 million left, then we decided to buy Balotelli. Which we probably didn't give a lot of thought to, did we? So yeah, this year, uh, we I think we've tried to address uh, some of the problems. Uh, I, I would have still loved to have bought a, a centre half, uh, you know. But apart from that, Firmino, I've, I've no idea how he's going to settle into to, to, to the Premier League. But of course, he is an exciting player. I like Benteke. Benteke's best is more than good enough. Would you would you say though the difference? I'm trying to say the difference in the in the markets from last year and what we bought at and this year. You would say everyone, what well, we bought seven, maybe eight players. You're probably looking at five, six players going straight into the first team. Where last season, I'm saying, you know, we bought in numbers where we knew they were the squad. You know, there were more squad players bought last season rather than players to go straight into the team. Yeah, but but I mean, twelve months ago, we 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 bought players. Uh, but we had what we felt was already a settled team, uh, and, and that's not the case anymore. So yeah, Klein and Milner, Benteke, Firmino, but they're certainly all going to come straight in. Uh, and then there's a couple of interesting ones. Gomez has, has made a real impression pre-season. Danny Ings is is interesting, uh, although I have to say, uh, during the Under 21 Championship, he did not impress me. But nevertheless, he has scored 11 goals in a, in a team that got relegated Burnley. So I would add him in that category of he could certainly go either way. He could be a success or he could be somebody who could struggle to make that step up. You just mentioned young Gomez there. I've worked a lot of the games through the summer for, for Liverpool TV and um, doing a lot of analysing on what's happened and, and the way they, they played. And obviously he's coming to the team at left-back, more probably known as a right-back or centre-half even, when he was at Charlton, but he's he's done a job on the left there. I really didn't expect to see what I've seen. I thought he's, he had bags of pace. I thought for such a young a young lad, he, he kind of had old head on young shoulders, and he uh, took responsibility really, really well. Um, his physique really shocked me. I think he he looked ready to go into the, into the first team, or certainly looked ready enough to be to cope with the demands of of the Premier League and a game week in week out. Could you see him slotting in at that left-back position or would you like to see him sort of bide his time and wait maybe to get back into a position he prefers? I think, I think if you're ready, uh, you're ready. There's, all, there's always a danger, isn't it, that you sort of get to play out of position, which you can do for a while or maybe for the season, but eventually it will catch up uh, with you. Uh, but on the other hand, 
And, and, and when you mentioned before, you know, play right back, centre half, left back, the one player that instantly springs to mind is Steve Nicholl, isn't it? Mm. You know, I can play anywhere and I can play well anywhere. So maybe he's, he, he falls into that. Did I not spring to mind there? Because you know, you could play anywhere, but versatile. Well. Yeah, but you couldn't play well. Oh, right. uh, you only played well uh, when you played right wing back, and you put in those crosses. I mean, I don't know if. If the listeners will remember, but it's I'm still doing them now. I'm still doing months them. Months ago, you, you stole the show at the Bernabeu, you know. Well, I know. Uh, against that 62 year old left. I don't like talking about it. We, you we shouldn't should. either, but I'm talking about it. Oh, okay. uh, so, no, it's. Uh, but, but Gomez falls into the category of well scouted boys, you know, uh, because anyone could have took him good enough for the fee. I mean, he could have gone to Bournemouth if they'd have got there before Liverpool yeah. because he was, he was accessible to everybody. So that's good scouting. They found somebody with a, with, a, with a real future, you know. So I'm excited about it. We've just sort of touched on, we'll go back onto it about the signs coming in and, and maybe how our, our formation's going to set up, because um, that is a big talking point. But one thing that has probably dominated the papers right through the summer until it actually happened was the, and we've got to talk about the Raheem Sterling deal. It was always going to happen, you felt. It was just when and, and how much did it surprise you the fee? I actually thought it was daylight robbery, to be fair. Whoever done that deal for Liverpool had a mask on, but, um, but well played. Yeah, no, absolutely. <clears throat> but for both clubs, it was the same, wasn't it? Liverpool sold potential and Manchester City bought potential. You know, and for that, they had to pay. He is not currently a... Is that where we're at now, £49 million for potential? Well, I think so, yeah. Uh, and English. English potential, that's what it costs. Why English? And what, what's this big... I, well, I, because you have to have so many homegrown players. I, I mean, if you look at Manchester City, Manchester City, to me, looks like a club who's waiting for their new, new manager. Yeah? They've yeah. invested in English players because you have to have a quota of homegrown players. So Sterling... Uh, they bought the boy from uh, Aston Villa, uh, Fabian Delft. Delft. They went to Fulham and spent £12 million on a youngster. All English players because they need a quota. Uh, but they haven't gone and bought apart from that. So I think they're waiting for Pep Guardiola to either run into a bit of trouble during the season or see his contract out. Uh, so what I was going to say before is that Raheem Sterling currently is not a £49 million player. In two years' time, that might have changed. But at the moment, they have more than paid uh, for what they've got. Do you see him fulfilling his potential? What is his potential? I mean, for a 49-year-old, £49 million player... I was going to say, a 49-year-old, there's yeah, no chance well, I'd spend no, that no, much no, money no. on him. <laughs> How old are you? Mind you, you, you must be 40, late 40s. Maybe, maybe even 52, Jason. I'd, I would spend a few million on you. Not yeah, 49 million, but no, I'd, no. 40. But I still think he's got a lot of things to work on. Raheem Sterling. I think technically in a lot of aspects he's, he's, he's poor. But, but of course he has this incredible ability, doesn't he? To run at pace with the ball as if it's stuck onto his foot, you know, where you can't get anywhere near him. So he has got ability. Will he f- fulfil what? I mean, the expectations are big at Manchester City. F- for it to be a good season, you have to win the league. Uh, will, will he be the missing link compared to them last year? I doubt it very much. And obviously a player who Raheem Sterling leaving the football club and is probably stepped into them shoes and, and probably grabbed it with two hands because I think he's had a very good pre-season was um, Jordan Ibe. Do you, do you see him as a, a better player? Do you think they've maybe bought the wrong, <laughs> bought the wrong player? <laughs> I think sometimes with, 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 with young players, uh, you've you, you got to be careful. I think we've got to be careful in shouting off the rooftops that we've got the next one in Jordan Ibe. Jordan Ibe is an exciting player. He's definitely got a man's head on his young shoulders, mm-hmm. hasn't he? But he needs he, the next thing he needs to do in his game is have more impact on the things that win your games, creating and scoring. Well, did Raheem Sterling have that? Uh, he did in the Suarez season. 
yeah. But I don't think there's anyone. But then there was a lot of players who had exactly. impact. Exactly, a lot of a lot of players were dragged up. Yeah. By 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 Suarez. Yeah. So last year, Sterling, we would all admit that it was a disappointing season. Yeah, but people then would. I mean, from his, you know, for his side, people would say. He was moved positions. He played centre forward. He did a job for the team. Really, didn't actually nailing down a right-sided position, play there all season, and, and get some consistency. You know, in his argument, he will say, "Well, I was moved all over the place." But even then, when he played centre forward, he got himself in good, good positions, good and squandered chances. Was it, chances, what didn't was it he? before? Yeah, technically poor. Yeah, in, in in certain areas, I've often come away from Anfield where people would go, "Oh, he was unlucky." Yeah, that you do a disservice. To people like Roger Hunt, Ian Rush, John Aldridge, Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen, who scored, it is nothing to do with luck. Yeah. So when you miss an open goal, job, when you miss an open goal, you're not unlucky. When you hit the post, you're not unlucky. Scoring goals is a skill, and he doesn't have that in his back at the moment. Okay. Well, I just want to touch on on the way it was all handled. Um, do you think the club handled it really, really well? They kept their mouth shut, didn't they? they nothing seemed to come out of. Anfield about the deal until it was actually done. Um, probably there was a few lessons learned on on past deals, wasn't it? The way it was handled. But Raheem, Raheem, you know, a twenty year old playing in Liverpool's first team on a on a lot of money at the time. You know, he's not he's not going to wake up, is he, and think I want to go Manchester City. I want two hundred grand a week. Blah blah blah. Do you think his agents had a had a big pull in that? You know, missing the first couple of days of training. Do you think it, we need to take a or the FA needs to take a look at the way situations like this are, are played out and maybe the agent needs to be to be looked at? I don't think it's... In terms of that and relationships between players and clubs and clubs and managers and agents, whatever, I think it's gone too far. You know, I, I think it's a loose train. You, you just can't control it. Uh, and you've got to accept that's, that's the way it is. Is that what you've got to do? I, I think you just... I think there's so many things in football now where you go, in an ideal world, but this is not an ideal world, and you just got to let it roll. Raheem Sterling, and I've said this before, who are we to judge whether, whether Liverpool is the right club for Raheem Sterling or not? Only he, can, only he can do that. I'm convinced, though, however, that he would have liked to have handled the whole situation in, in, in a different way. He does not come out of this uh, very well, although I think he'll lose very little sleep over that. The agent? Both of them. <laughs> I think both of them will, will, will wake up this morning, they'll lock into their Barclays bank account and they'll go, do you know what? <laughs> I can live with the abuse I'm going to get at Anfield <laughs> uh, well something else is that, that has changed um, and two other people that have left the football club not in playing roles but obviously in um, backroom staff backroom staff roles was, was Mike Marsh uh, and Colin Pascoe two new faces have come in Gary McAllister Sean O'Driscoll What's your, what was your take when, when that happened uh, I have to be honest, I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, mainly because Colin Pascoe has been Brendan's man ever since Brendan went to Swansea. Brendan then had a choice whether he wanted to take him to Liverpool or not. Mm. He's chosen to take him. That kind of tells you that he's got confidence in him, yeah? And trust, which is a big thing, isn't it? He's then himself promoted Mike Mars from the academy to work with the first team. So they are 100% his choices. I also believe that it was 100% his choice to get rid of them. And I also believe that it was 100% his choice who he wanted to replace them. Now, Sean O'Driscoll 
is a very, very good coach. Before you go into the, uh, yeah. Sean and, and Gary McAllister, why you're saying you're confident that it was Brendan's choice to get rid of him? Why, why would you want to get rid of him? Well, you can only want to get rid of them if you don't feel that they are what you want. And what you want from your assistant, your first-team coach, might have changed from, say, 18 months ago. He might have arrived... When, when, when Brendan Rodgers took over at Liverpool and you look at the defensive side of our game, he's thinking, yeah, but I've got Carragher. So Carragher will do a lot of his coaching without doing without any coaching. coaching. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden... You know, Gerrard's gone, Carragher's gone, Suarez has gone. Don't forget, Suarez, just through the way he played, took care of a lot of organisations within, within the way that we played. So and, and dictated a lot in the sense of how they played exactly as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think Brendan realised that and he went, listen, I'm just going to let him get on with it. It's like winding them up and sending them out yeah, and they're going to do it. We'll do just, it, we'll do just it, follow, yeah. fo- yeah, all yeah. follow suit, yeah. So maybe he's, he's realised I need something different from the people that, that I work with. So hence the reason he decided. I, I think it was a big and a brave move. Because he has to a certain extent left him exposed, because you, you can only have so many lives, can't you? Yeah. You, you can only buy. You can only unless you're a cat. Yeah, unless you're a cat, you have nine. Uh, but you can only have so many lives. So he's now left exposed in terms of that. Uh, this 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 is sort of his his, his, his final roll of the dice, isn't it? And then you were going to touch on Sean O'Driscoll and Gary. Well, Sean Mack. O'Driscoll is a, is, a, is a good coach, but I believe that every Premier League club have good coaches. 25 years ago or 20 years ago Jason even when you played if there was a good coach at a football club it would be quite a big thing wouldn't it you came to Liverpool we didn't do a lot of coaching no so when you came across a good coach it was quite a big thing wasn't it and everybody in football would go I tell you what like Brian Kidd of Manchester well, he was my first one I actually went what a good coach he is so, yeah. and that's no disrespect to Ronnie no, Moran no, no, but, but, the, but you didn't get coached at Liverpool exactly. and you didn't have to be to be so honest what, so what I'm saying is what is a good coach because I believe every Premier League club has good coaches so, what do you need? You, you, you actually need somebody. To be a good coach, you need to be able... You don't need to be put on good sessions that, that blows the minds of the players. You need to be able to improve players, don't you? So, you need to be able to look and go, Jason McAteer's playing right wing back. This is his weakness, and I can improve his weakness. And that's what a good coach is these days, I think. Sean Driscoll might be that man. Gary McAllister, I have to say, Gary McAllister is one of these guys, isn't it, that... I don't think there's anyone in the whole world who dislikes like Gary McAllister. You know, he's a wow. great lad. He was a great, great player. I mean, he's the only player I've ever doubled nutmegged, uh, which is some achievement, isn't it? Gary remembers that. Uh, <laughs> so do I. <laughs> but it was a strange choice. It was a strange choice. Gary's been out of football for a number of years. You never got the impression that, that he was looking to get in at, at, at that level. He was working with... With BT's board doing a bit of yeah, I, I was with him through the, through yeah. um, through the beginning of the year, and it was never suggested that's what he was going to do. Yeah. So, but but of course, it's whether it's a good appointment or not. Only time will tell. What is his job? Well, he's obviously first team coach, isn't he? And you know what a first team coach does. He will probably work with a lot of the players that don't play regularly, uh, and then. Everything else he'll do is, is what the manager wants him to do. At the moment, it's a good appointment because the player, the fans are quite excited and I think the players like him. Uh, in six months' time, we'll reassess. And, and, and There's also that link as well, isn't it? Like Liverpool have always had with an ex-player yeah, and yeah. with the club. We see it with no, Sammy Lee, Phil yeah. Thompson, absolutely. Mike Marsh. And there's nothing wrong with that. Is it? It, it, Liverpool is one of those clubs, isn't it? You know, you've got to be careful you don't rip the heart out of it. And, and you know, in the last couple of years, we, we, we've had Carrigan and Gerrard leave the club, isn't it? So, yeah. 
were a little bit short on on, on, on the bond between uh, the fans and the players. And obviously that position when it come up and it, it was got widely spoke about it was going to be an ex-player going in. I mean, Robbie Fowler's name instantly come to my mind. He would suit that. And you said Gary McAllis was a bit of a, a surprise. Was did you have anyone else? Is well, there, who would you have thought had gone in and gone? Yeah, I get that. Well, the reason I'm surprised with Gary McAllis is because Gary McAllis was a manager. Yeah, a number of years ago, and on the face of it, he did okay. We yeah. don't know what went on behind closed doors, but on the face of it, he. He, he He'd done it. all right, yeah. But Sean O'Driscoll was a manager as well. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Gone from being a manager to a coach? No. You've always stayed a manager, yeah. And then of course, that must be difficult. Yeah, it must be very, very difficult. And the both, like you said, they've both been managers. Very, very difficult. But but of course, it, it is one of those opportunities, isn't it? Yeah. Gary McAllister or Sean O'Driscoll was never going to be managers. They were never going to be managers of Liverpool, were they? Yeah. So their only hope was was always to come in on the backroom staff. Uh, so, but it, it's a brave move by Brendan, and uh, like the signings he's. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We hope all these things work out. So the signings he's made, probably seven or eight. Um, obviously, they've gone through pre-season. And I've got to say, you know, from the very beginning of pre-season, he's gone strong with his teams. He's obviously wanted to integrate the players straight away, strike up a relationship and... You know, get an understanding between them all. They've all played a lot of game time together. When I say they, they've all played, probably you're looking at his team have all played a lot of game time together. Um, ben Teke's come in now, the last of the, the, the piece of the jigsaw that they're, they're kind of making out. Um, a player that they've wanted for a while. Does that change the dynamics? Obviously, the players you're going to play week in, week out. Does that change the dynamics of of the way Liverpool were going to play because they were going very central last season, everything going down the middle, Coutinho and Henderson running off him and um, Lallana are all playing around that middle area. Very rarely did we go wide. Obviously now, with Benteke becoming a central striker and a big imposing threat and a, and a player that doesn't really run the channels, you're looking at crosses coming in from wide areas. Has that changed the dynamics of the, the way we're playing? Is it, a different way. It, it, it has to. Uh, to get the best out of Benteke, you have to play to his strengths. And Tim Sherwood, who did that very well when he mm. went to Aston Villa. Uh, and, and Liverpool's got What it. does that mean then? Well, I, I believe that Benteke, first and foremost, got to be, 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 be served early. And I don't mean channels. Yes, yeah, rightly said, he does not run the channels. Yeah, that's not his game. But Benteke would always remind me of a Mourinho 
type centre forward. The drug was the. Uh, what Chelsea have got, they've got the best server of all the centre halves in the Premier League in John Terry. And they've got Fabregas, people who can pass the ball forward to Diego Costa very, very early. Yeah. And that's what Liverpool need to do. And that's the only worry I have. It's all very good. You've got to be able to serve a minute, but who do we have? Who do we have that plays that pass into Benteke early before the opposition gets set? You look at our centre arch, you look at our centre midfield. I mean, our centre midfield players are very mobile, aren't they? Work very, very hard up and down. But do we have somebody who will take that responsibility and go, here you are, Christian, here you are. You know, get on with that, get on with that. I don't, I, I don't know. Because the one thing he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be, be crowded, does he? You know, he wants that ball early, he can get his feet sorted yeah. out, lay it off and, and be part of, of, of the play again. Going back to the, the going wide and getting balls in the box, I think one thing that was apparent watching the pre-season games was the pace that Klein and Gomez offered down the flanks and the amount of ball that they got. So I was actually thinking, watching it, they have changed their, their way of playing and stuff. How do you see them setting up? He's a big fan of 4-3-3. The, the big talk is the diamond as well in the middle of the park with two up front. Will he, will he chop and change that for you, the, for the opposition and, and whether he's home or away? I would like to think that Brendan would have learned an awful lot from last season. Last season, he, he, he sort of lost focus a little bit. He, he, he didn't quite know how he wanted to play. And there was, there was too many personnel changes. There was too I felt that was before and, end, and the end. Yeah. Because then he found the formula with the, fa- with the, the five, three, at the well, three at the back, five well, midfield. It was never... The three at the back worked well. He never wanted it, though, did he? No. It worked well in terms of the results got better. Yeah. But I'm never convinced that we played particularly better than yeah, we, yeah. we've done. So he was never convinced. We, we know that Brendan is very pure and he wants to play this on the eye, very beautiful football. Uh, so I think he'll play 4-3-3. When Sturridge comes back, I do think he'll try and revert to, to a diamond in midfield and two up, up front. Uh, but of course, it all depends on these first seven away games, doesn't it? These yeah. seven, first seven away games, they, they kind of decide your season. Let's just go back to, to what you just said there, the, the formation, how they line up. How, how do they line up, everyone being fit? Um, so how do they line up? I think he's quite prepared to uh, to give players more time than what he did last year. I think in certain situations last year he was very very quick to change things. So I think it's 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 Lovren's time. Yeah, he spent big money on Lovren. Lovren's now going to come in and play alongside Skirtle, yeah, and give him a run. I think he's going to start with Gomez. I know it's not an ideal game. Stoke very difficult. But I think he's going to start with Gomez, give him a run of games. Uh, and then obviously on the left. On the left. Klein on the right. Klein on the right, yeah. That's how I feel. And I'd be amazed if it wasn't Mignolet and goal. Uh, I would be, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you've got your midfield with uh, Henderson, with Milner. Joe Allen is now out injured. Uh, Lucas is in there, uh, possibly. Who's not played a lot of game time. No. Be interesting to see what he does, but I think just think with with it being Stoke, maybe Lucas will get the call, and then of course Ive and Coutinho and uh, Ben Teke up front. And so it's a four three three for you. For me, it will be yeah. a four three three. Um, I was just trying to think of it myself there. I, I'd go with a four three three. Ben Teke being central. I went over to to Helsinki at the weekend and watched them, and I felt that the first sixty minutes that was the team that was going to play, apart from Ings. Uh, who will come out of the team for Benteke and they set up with your right lover in the scale playing centre half, Mignolet in goal, Klein and Gomez, and then it was Milner, Henderson, uh, 
Milner, Henderson, Ibe, Ings, Lalana, Coutinho. Have I got enough players in there? Yeah. Yeah, that's the way it was going to start. So Lalana, Lalana for me. Yeah. So yeah, that's the team he's going to go with. Benteke coming in for Ings. Well, I mean, Lucas might Lucas might not play. I just think that if you if you want to play three centre midfield players, you've got to have a number six. But if you're going to play with a number six, have somebody who thinks like a number six. Right, OK. Lucas thinks like a number six, doesn't he? You, you're going to play Henderson or Milner in that, in that role. They're not going to think like a number six, are they? So you might as well, and would it be in such a difficult away game as well? I think we've got to be careful we don't go too gung-ho. Well, we, we don't have to win 5-0 to prove Yeah. what happened on the last day of last season. 1-0. Yeah, 1-0 will do. One eight, what, um, what worries you? Then about this season, I mean, I think going forward for me, we've got plenty of options. We've got we can change it. We've got different kinds of strikers now. Um, he's got width and pace, and he's got creativity in there. Coutinho, he's got experience in there now. All going forward, what worries me watching the Helsinki game was was the was the two centre halves. To be honest, they worried you. They worried me. Yeah, I felt Lovren got pulled out of position a couple of times. I think. Just listening to what you were saying there and, and distribution. I thought Skirtle is a great defender, but when he's got the ball and time at his feet, his distribution is not great. I'd have to say Lovren as well, his distribution was poor. He was on the left side of, of Skirtle, um, struggled a little bit, got pulled out of position. With Gomez going forward, you know, he, had, he had to come into that channel. He got pulled into places he didn't want to be um, and didn't really cope with it, really. And it, the, the, they caused problems, Helsinki. I've got to admit, they caused Liverpool problems in the first 20 minutes of the game. And I always felt with better opposition, with that much possession, they would find themselves behind Liverpool if it was a better team they were facing, which they are at Stoke on Saturday but, than uh, Helsinki. So defensively, I was slightly worried. Uh, but that was not, I mean, that's no different to last year, is it? You know, we had, we had some real defensive uncertainty uh, last season. What actually worries me is that. What happened towards the end of last season? Why did that happen? Why did we have two such shambolic performances? Crystal Palace at home and Stoke away. Why well, formation changed. Why did that happen? Formation changed. Yeah, but he can't. I mean... See, when you've got three at the back, there's always that added security of an extra body, that's, isn't that's it? As Ronnie Moran would say, never mind formations. It's all about players, yeah? So in those two games... We had the same amount of players on the pitch as Christmas Palace and Stoke. We had better players than both of those teams, yeah? And still, we lost 3-1 and 6-1. Why did that happen? That, that worries me more than anything. Was that just a blip? Or, you know, why does things like that happen? Just to touch on, on players coming in, Firmino, we talked about him earlier on. Too early for him to go straight into the team? Well, of course, I mean, he's, he's returned back to pre-season uh, later, America, later than the rest of them so it's it is too early uh, but he's most definitely one of those players that they need to get up to speed very quick because with the programme I mentioned before those first seven away games and you know you need you need everybody and I think Brendan knows that settled team we've got to get a settled team yeah. we can't afford people to beat us over the head with an unsettled we've got to have a settled team hence the pre-season straight away the way that it was I mean I was amazed that Mark Lawrence came out and said that he feels that Due to the opposition in pre-season, Liverpool might be a bit undercooked. That was kind of, that was my next question, to be honest. 
But Jan, what is a good pre-season? What do you have to do pre-season, Jason? Well, you look at you look at last night, Bayern, AC Milan, you know, Real Madrid, Tottenham played. A, I've had a tough pre-season, you would suggest, but the opposition that they played. Did Liverpool need a bit a bit more? But then Tottenham might go to Old Trafford on Saturday and lose 3-0. So, I mean, I, I don't know what a good pre-season is. Do you play loads of games? Do you play a few games? Yeah, but standard uh, of oppositions, you yeah, play higher. But when I was at Ajax, we played 12, 13 pre-season games. Wow. And we played we played two of any quality, which was always the Amsterdam tournament. Right, okay. But everything else was 15-0, 18-0. We won 25-0. It was against amateur teams. Battered them. Battered them. Just to get you, your rhythm and your flow. And then you finish off with Yeah. So I, I, I don't know what a good pre-season is. Okay. Well, that leads us into the, the first game of the season, Stoke. Obviously, we we finished with them at the end of last season. It was really, really disappointing. And you touched on it there. A 1-0 victory would um, would suffice this time around. What what do they need to do to get that? Well, first and foremost, you need to be... Brendan Rodgers very much like to, to worry about his own team. Yeah, and, and that's the Liverpool way, isn't it? Mm. We just worry about our own team and what we can do, isn't it? But I think you've got to be careful. This is about having the ability to stop what they've got. You know, and, 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 it, and all, ideally it's not the way he wants to do it, but you have to pay attention to what they've got, what qualities have they got. They haven't had a great piece of pre-season either. Mm-hmm. Shawcross is, is, is injured, but they've still got good qualities. Uh, so he's got to look at the game, the 6-1, and see what, what, what do they do. Did they find any weakness in the Liverpool? Got to make sure we stop that. Uh, so I think it is much more than a great performance. You're more looking for a dogged performance where you don't get embarrassed, pinch yourself a draw, maybe even a win. It's a great start to the season, but they've got good quality. I mean, Boyan is is is, is back. I don't, think, back, it, I don't think it'll start, but he'll certainly be on the bench. Uh, they, they they've got some good players, but under normal circumstances, you go into a game even away at Stoke thinking this isn't. Yeah, it's a tough in it, but it's also an away game. You know, you can win. And what yeah. a great start that would be! Win your first game of the season away from home against Stoke, who will take points off a lot of teams oh, no, later on to the do, season. You know, last do, season yeah. they. They did a fair bit against the better teams. I mean, they were three and up against Arsenal at half time. So let's not underestimate them. But Liverpool on a good day should be able to win that match. Just going away from from Liverpool and, and talking in more broader general terms of the Premier League, Chelsea. You know, great season from them last season. Um, Mourinho obviously disappointed with the results at the weekend. Probably won't look too much into it to an Arsenal that I f- felt finished really strong last season and probably will be, for me, will be Chelsea's main title rivals this season you know if anyone's going to knock them off the top I feel it will be will be Arsenal Man City obviously have bought you know they've heavily invested but Man United they've they've sort of excited me a little bit with the players that they've brought in Van Aal seems to have done a done a really good job in pre-season what what for you excites you about about um, the Premier League the top teams players that have come in well obviously my hope is that it's going to be tighter last year we never really had a title race did we no, it was always Chelsea's, I mean, wasn't it, from yeah. early doors, yeah. After 12 games, Chelsea were 15 points clear of Arsenal. Mm. So that's Arsenal. I mean, over the last 26 Premier League games, Arsenal took more points than Chelsea. Which they which they seem to do. I mean, yeah. I looked at it. Yeah, I looked at it. They went out at the same stage last yeah. season as the season before, out the Champions League. And I think they lost one in the last 12 games that season before it was you know they seem to go on this ridiculous run after they get knocked out the Champions League they're very very strong finishing Arsenal aren't they yeah they are and, and, and defensively they've improved yeah. uh, they, I think they've only conceded 13 Premier League goals in 2015 which is an improvement so I think they will be Chelsea's main I just worry about Arsenal you know those games 
when you have to dig it out from somewhere. The grinding ones, yeah. It's not about playing well. It's not well. going right for it's you. It's not about playing well. It's about finding a way of yeah. winning this match. Do, do they have that? Do Arsenal have that? If they find that, I think they might take the title off. Uh, do they need something else? Do they need another striker? Yeah, in an ideal world, they do. But the Will rest, they get him? The rest of the team is so strong, isn't it? Yeah. They've got so many options in mid. I mean, those midfield players, they've got the best selection of, of midfield players in, in, in the Premier League. Uh, ideally, they do want another striker. Uh, whether that will be the case or not, I, I, I don't know. But they, they will be strong, there's no doubt about that. United? I, I mean, you said they excite you. I don't see it. Uh, I think they're unbalanced. Uh, they're talking about the first game of the season playing centre-half pairing of Daly Blind. Daly Blind, who's not a centre-half, not a left-back, not a defensive. I don't know what he is, his utility man. Alongside Phil Jones or Chris Smalling, doesn't fill me with confidence. They've let their strikers go. Rightly so, I think. Falcao was a disappointment, Van Persie's finished. Uh, but they haven't replaced him. Uh, they bought some good options in midfield. Schweinsteiger, if he can stay fit, is a good player. Schneiderlin is not a problem. Memphis Depay could be anything. He is really, really exciting in it. But I still see an unbalanced squad. Uh, and I think Someone suggests that was unbalanced last season and look at the season they had. Overachieved, probably, with the way that he yeah, tossed, he made different changes, didn't he? And the way he set out in games, how they were winning games. He hasn't been able to deal with some of the shortcomings that they've got. Why hasn't he bought a centre-half? Why, hasn't, why haven't they gone... Uh, They've chased players that they were never going to get. They were never going to get Ramos. They were linked with Thomas Muller. They were never going to get Thomas Muller. You know, be linked and try and get... United always done that. Yeah, but United are not the United they were five years ago, are they? No, I know, but is that not good PR? Five years ago. Is that not good PR? Five, seven, eight years... But it's not when you don't get him, is it? Five, seven, eight years ago, Manchester United belonged in the top two or three in Europe. The top three in Europe now are Real Madrid, Barcelona and Bayern Munich. Forget about buying players from them. If they want to sell a player, they'll come to you. yeah. They press the button and go, you can now have Schweinsteiger. So forget about chasing players at those clubs yeah, and go elsewhere and buy the rest, buy the best from the rest. Finishing near the bottom then, who... Um, no, teams that have come up. Well, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> teams that have come up and, and teams that struggled last season. Um, obviously now you're looking at teams who have entered the, the West Ham, probably it's a... You know, they've gone into the Europa League, haven't they? They, they progress in that. Will that hinder the... When I look when I look at the, the Premier League now and the whole set of clubs, I don't see a guaranteed relegator. Last year, for as much as we liked Burnley and Sean Dice, and you just always felt that they were never going to have enough. They were never going to score enough goals. goals yeah. they, they, they were always... I mean, they, they were near the line all the time, but you never felt they were going to have enough. Uh, this year, I look... The three promoter teams, one thing they all got, they got highly rated managers, haven't they? If those managers are as good as a lot of people think they are, and they've all bought, okay, Norris hasn't bought a lot, but Bournemouth have bought a lot, Watford have been busy. Scored a lot of goals as well between them all, didn't they, last season? So, I think it's really, really difficult. You know, I still think that up at Newcastle there's work to be done. Sunderland have bought, but how well have they bought? They could be in trouble. West Ham is always, I mean, based on last season, it would be wrong to think that they could get involved. So you're feeling a shock this year? And Aston Villa, you know, Benteke and Delft, they paid nearly £30 million for, for players from the French League. And you, every time they sign a French player, you go, who? 
who's he? Yeah, yeah. You know, so you stick your neck out by signing these players. Uh, Tim Sherwood, we, we, we know when things are going well, but when things go against him, I don't know. And I'll tell you who's really fragile, Everton. I think Everton are really fragile. Yeah. I'm not suggesting... Stone's going to go, do you think? Well, can can... I mean, you're looking at 30... It's a bit like Sterling, isn't it? Because all you're buying is potential, isn't it? Well, yeah. Stones have done nothing in the Premier League. He's shown great potential, but he's done nothing yet. Can Everton afford to say no? Can Everton afford not to go out and buy some more players? There's one or two. I mean, Gareth Barry played the most minutes for Everton last year. Mm. Last year, I think he officially was the slowest player that's ever played in the Premier League. What's he going to be like this year? You've got to be careful you don't... You don't rely on players that's not going to deliver for you. Ross Barkley's an interesting player, isn't it? But it's been a long time since he's got to step up, hasn't he? Now? He's got to step up, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. He has to. He, you can't keep being this great. He's going to be. He's going to be. Yeah, he's gonna. So I look and I just think that if they go get off to a bit of a dicky start, what does that do to Lukaku? You know, who's, who's made it pretty clear I want to play in the, in, 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 the, in the Champions League. So I think they've got to be careful. Uh, they, they, they could be a, a tough season for them. And just finishing off the one player. Or two players that are, you're really looking forward to seeing this season? Well, as in the Premier League? Yeah, as the Premier like, League. I mean, Memphis Depay, you, you, you can't help but... He's one of those players instantly you notice. You know, he, he, he looks right. He looks right. He looks the part. Yeah, he looks the part. And I'm absolutely amazed that Newcastle was allowed to sign Wijnaldum from PSV Eindhoven. He is a proper player. And I cannot believe but nobody else came in for him so I'm really looking forward to him Brilliant OK last question and we'll finish on this prediction weekend Liverpool uh, I think a draw is a great point and I, and I think he'll end in, in a stalemate and I think that's a good start uh, We'd just like to thank Gusto who um, are always great hosts always uh, with the coffee and the uh, well we're not on them anymore are we we're on this caveman diet thing oh, now yeah. aren't we everyone's oh, doing that well, 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 the whole squad <laughs> well I am I don't know about you I don't, I don't think you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just want to thank uh, all the staff at, at Gusto for um, for their hospitality. Um, join us again next week where we'll have another podcast uh, and some new voices. Looking forward to, to the, the up-and-coming games that are, are ahead of for, for Liverpool and obviously reflecting on, um, on the weekend against Stoke. Uh, thanks very much. There you go. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.